Welcome to Pastor John Miller's Cultural Impact Podcast, brought to you by Church on the Rock. All right, hello and welcome to another episode of Pastor John's Cultural Impact Podcast. I'm Travis, I'm here with Pastor John, and this podcast is all about timeless wisdom for a modern culture. And we have a lot of great things to jump into today, but first and foremost, Pastor John, how are you doing? Well, I took the weekend off, went to see my grandbaby, so that was really, really nice. All right. So, very restful, try to do it about every seven or eight weeks. Uh, that's great. You yeah. change any diapers or? I did, actually. Good deal. Good deal. Okay, well, let's go ahead and jump in. We have some really good topics to look at. Do so you want... change diapers? Uh, I've changed several diapers. Actually, last week I changed uh, a hand a hand few, so, uh, or a handful. But, um, okay. yeah, I'm pretty much a pro, so. Okay. <laughs> let's go ahead and jump in. Read your first spot. Okay, here's the first one. An entrepreneur has a solution for school shootings, bulletproof backpacks. He realizes parents and kids are afraid that the unthinkable could happen in their school. Madmen realize that schools are gun-free and God-free zones, so they act without fear. Perhaps these madmen would pause if schools gave responsible employees the right to practice the Second Amendment and if students were taught to pray at school for God to protect them. This makes more sense than a bulletproof backpack. You know, that's a great spot, especially for what's going on right now in our country. Yeah. As we know, just a few weeks ago, a tragedy took place Terrible. in Florida. 17 lives lost. Uh, this young man obviously had some mental illness and a lot of things going on there. But, you know, the, the debate that's going on has come down to basically gun control. And I guess my first and foremost, yeah. the question I want to ask, is this a gun control issue or is it something deeper than that? It is a complicated issue. Uh, you know, people just blithely say, well, gun control would take care of the problem. Well, that's ludicrous. I mean, there's over, God, who knows, 300, 400 million guns in America. Um, the most restrictive, gun restrictive uh, uh, city in America where gun control is practiced is Chicago. But that's omitted from the conversation because their murder rate is is, is out the roof. Yeah. Uh, I think there's an undercurrent uh, uh, across America for gun control. Um, you know, when, when when the state becomes stronger, that's what they do. They have to squelch the the, the citizens and their right for self defense. I think I've told you the story before. My grandfather was in the Baltic state of Latvia in World War II. Uh, the first thing that happened when the Russian the Soviet Union expanded their empire, they took over Latvia. The second thing they did was to take the guns of the citizens, mm -hmm. and then one night he's sleeping, and these armed guards come in and take him and put him on a boxcar for Siberia. You know, one day the world is headed towards a one-world government, the Antichrist, so, you know, you can't have a free, sovereign America with that coming. So there's a spiritual push towards that, but every government wants to control its citizens, and, and we just somehow think gun control will take care of it when it won't. Yeah. You know, and I, I guess even from the Christian perspective, it's so easy to get caught up in left-right politics. Yeah. What can the average Christian do, you know, to have a, a biblical world, worldview when it comes to this, but not get caught up in kind of either side? Sure. Well, let's back up just a second. Um, you know, the Bible teaches us that the strong are supposed to care for the weak. It's a biblical principle without dispute. Uh, you know, uh, we care for widows, we care for orphans, we care for the helpless. Yeah. Well, we have a responsibility to protect children. Yeah. You know, we arm, think about it, we arm airports, we arm federal, federal buildings. Uh, we now have an armed guard in our church. 
Yeah. You know, uh, it's like all across America, we are protecting ourselves. We have air marshals in the airplanes, but for some reason, we don't have a level of protection for our kids in schools. Yeah. And I think, first of all, it is a biblical response to what's going on to provide protection. Right. In my opinion, well, first of all, you can't have enough police. Uh, you know, I think one of our local police departments in town has 10 or 12 policemen. But a crazy person can be in a room anywhere in the school or walk in the hallway or come in. So just because you have a police presence doesn't mean there's going to be automatic protection. Right. You know, I personally favor selecting uh, uh, responsible uh, and trainable people to conceal carry in schools just like we do anywhere else. Yeah. I did a funeral the other day, and right on the door emblazoned was, you know, no guns in the funeral home. Yeah. And I and I kind of blithely uh, kidded the funeral home director and said, well, you know what? I would protect you, but since you won't allow me to do that, I'm helpless. Yeah. So the whole bulletproof backpack idea is just to get the kid to helplessly hide, and uh, there's got to be more than that. Yeah. And, and in the last part of this, you said, you know, if students were taught to pray in schools, you know, and then, you know, God even protecting them. So I think there's even another side of that with sure. God the last you know, 40, 50 years being taken out of schools as far as prayer and whatnot. Do you think there's a correlation there? Absolutely. You can statistically go back and look at whether it's uh, uh, scores that the kids made in their grades, uh, teen pregnancy, drug use. When you take it back to the 60s when prayer and God was taken out of the schools, you see all these things go crazy. Yeah. So there's a moral uh, uh, prerequisite that I would suggest for a safer place. You know, our culture used to have a biblical morality. We weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but we had a biblical morality that guided us. When I was a kid, there were shotguns in the back of truck windows and, yeah. you know, nothing would ever happen. But in today's world, violence through the media, through entertainment, through games, through all these things is commonly accepted. Uh, something that's not mentioned a lot is virtually all the mass shooters in America uh, 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 in these gun-free zones were on some kind of uh, uh, antidepressant or some kind of uh, psychiatric medication. You know, that's a factor in it. But when you remove, remove, for example, biblical morality, for example, the right to life and abortion, right. you think now for several generations we've been raised in America to believe that life doesn't have value. It's not a baby in the womb that's worthy of my protection, but if it's an inconvenience, I take its life. You know, now there's, you know, there is dying with dignity, euthanasia, that'll one day become a force deal because we can't pay for it. Mm -hmm. So we've devalued life, which is a biblical principle. We don't teach kids that there is a responsibility for their actions and they'll stand before God one day yeah. and give an account for their lives. When yeah. you don't teach the basic relationship between the created and the creator and, 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 and human beings, Kids don't have a moral basis, and they just do whatever uh, whatever works. Yeah, and we wonder why 17 innocent kids were shot and 30 this weekend right. in Chicago. Yeah. Well, I heard yesterday uh, an interview, and it was about a, a, a someone that was in the school system in Detroit. And what had happened is a kid came in, and he had he had he had pushed a thousand dollars in funny money. In other words, uh, you know, bills that weren't worth anything. And they tried to correct him and bring in law enforcement. And law enforcement said, I'm sorry, we can't do anything about it. The teacher huh. was not allowed to teach morality or even bring a moral boundary to kids. And it's happening all over America today. And, and, yeah. and, and the, when, when God's pushed out, this is what fills the vacuum. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Well, let's jump into our next topic. And uh, why don't you go ahead and read that? That's yeah. really good. Yeah, this is probably 18 months ago, uh, but it's worth mentioning. 
The, the town of Greece, New York, was doing what towns across America have done for centuries at government meetings. They open with prayer and invoke the name of Jesus. For this they were sued, but later vindicated by the Supreme Court. We constantly hear about the state not establishing religion, but we forget the second part of the First Amendment. The state shall not prohibit the free exercise of religion. And attempts to purge religion from culture have produced the mess we're in today. You know, I strongly agree with particularly that last statement that we are in a mess today. And one of the main reasons is we've forgotten, I believe, a lot of what the founders intended with the First Amendment and the free expression of religion. So uh, can you explain for a second, maybe a little more in depth, what were the intentions of the founder yeah. when it came to religious freedoms? Well, the phrase is the rights of conscience. Now, uh, the modern historian, revisionist historian, had basically uh, minimized or even done away with the religious motivation of the founders and those that came here early. But they, they left Europe for religious freedom. I mean, it is unquestionable. Um, and, and, and what they wanted to do is protect this idea of the right of conscience. And the right of conscience simply implies is that because of my sincerely held religious beliefs, if, if I believe something is morally wrong, or that it shouldn't be done, that I shouldn't be forced by society to participate and do it. For example, you have religions that didn't believe in serving in the military. They're exempt from it. You know, right now, uh, doctors, uh, uh, nurses, uh, pharmacists, uh, if they don't believe abortion is a legitimate practice or it's against their religion, they have a right of conscience not to participate in that abortion, whether it's the morning after pill or, or, or whatever the case is. So right of conscience would also apply to things like a counselor trying to coax uh, or trying to teach someone how to get out of a, a, of a immoral lifestyle right. that the scripture would, uh, would say is wrong, but yet our culture says you can't do that. So rights of conscience were right at the top of the list with the founders, and as you said, it's the first one, uh, the first of the First Amendments, right? And, and that's significant. It's not lost in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, but it's the top, right? Yeah, you know, constantly for the last really several decades, uh, the separation of church and state. You hear a lot about yeah. this, and a lot of businesses, you know, are confused, and some churches are even confused. Could you speak into that? Just the concept of a separation of church and state. What does that even well, mean? Here, in a nutshell, that phrase is not in the Constitution. Many would believe that it is, but it's not. Okay. It came from a letter from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptist Association. And the Danbury Baptists basically appealed to him because they were afraid that this newfound government in America would have a state church like the State Church of England. And that was, and, and his response was basically, look, is, is this uh, uh, we're trying, as our government, we're trying to protect the church from the state, not the state from the government. Yeah. And that phrase was drawn out in an isolated case by the Supreme Court, I think in the 40s or so, mm -hmm. and, and it established a new doctrine. So they left with historical precedent, and they basically let, let uh, um, uh, uh, the interpretation of the Constitution fit the modern day rather than anchored in its uh, traditions. Yeah. You know, how has the government uh, today, how are they missing the mark on the founder's intent? Uh, and I know that's a broad question, um, you know, but in your opinion, what are a few things that are definitely outside of what the founders intended? Well, you take prayer. Right now there's a case trying to make it to the Supreme Court where a football coach in Washington, after the game, didn't d insist, demand or anything, but just went out to the 50-yard line, took a knee for a few seconds, and thank God. He lost his job, and now in our legal system, it has to go all the way to the Supreme Court, 
and who knows what they'll say. Uh, you know, another case making its way to the Supreme Court is the right of the of the baker. You remember the, yeah. do I have to make a cake for a same-sex wedding? You know, again, they served gay people. Uh, uh, they didn't turn them away. They found somebody to make the cake, very accommodating. But they are under pressure to do it as a violation of their sincerely held religious belief. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the crux of it is government's trying to decide now where it trumps. Yeah. You know, it's like the it's like the the ace uh, the ace of the Trump suit. You know, it trumps everything. Right. Well, religion used to do that in America, but as we become more secular, particularly the younger generation, then it seems like the secular is is trumping the religious. And that's the battle in America today where you draw the line. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important that Christians are engaged in the culture yep. and we we pray, but we also vote, and we vote for people who don't want to continue to expand government and Absolutely. the riches that they shouldn't. Yeah, and then of course one of the huge pressures in America today that that we face, if you're going to have a voice, is you're caricatured. I mean, you are just attacked. Yeah. You know, uh, for example, the NRA right now, in this in this horrible shooting, uh, the focus is not on the deputy or deputies that stood outside while the shooting was going on. The focus is not on the, I heard today, 45 times this kid was reported to authorities but mm. never stopped or investigated. The focus yeah. is on the bad NRA. Yeah. And then the pressures in culture is they'll, they'll, uh, uh, they blame the NRA, they get some people on Twitter, they get some bots moving, and before you know it, Twitter's bad. I know Twitter's bad, but the NRA is bad, and then companies pull their Boy, support God's away from right. them. And that's the cultural pressure. And it's not the, the bulk of America, but it's the voice of a few. It's backed by liberal media in America today. And uh, sadly, so much in our government is pushing towards not just socialism, but even a step beyond that. I mean, it's almost like we're heading in the pathway that World War II was fought for, a freedom from communism, which is ultimate government control. Yeah. It's like we're heading in that direction, and our yeah. kids are taught it's good in school, and, and we just scratch our heads and wonder why. Yeah, wow. Well, you know, God, again, has a lot to say about all these issues, and yeah. they're not just political issues, yeah. and that's what, you know, we learn every week, you know, with you preaching, and this is what one of the reasons we do this podcast, because it's not isolated. It's not that's just right. a church house and then Main yeah. Street. I mean, it all comes together. So, uh, any further comments today? Yeah. yeah. Um, in our culture today, in the it's so polarized that if you disagree with anything that's politically correct, you're a hate monger, you're a bigot, blah, 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 whatever. But it's just possible that it's not about hate. It's just possible that people are speaking the truth. And see, that's what God's Word is. It is the truth. And if we speak the truth in love, well, that's not because I want to hurt you or because I don't like you. Right. My disagreement implies nothing about my love for you. But it's upholding a standard uh, in, in God's Word for what's right and wrong. And that the founders would have definitely stood for in the freedom of conscience. Amen. Well, that's great, Pastor John. Uh, we enjoy being with you again today. We will catch you next week. I'm Travis. This is Pastor John. Cole is our, our technician there. And uh, listen, God has a plan for your life. We're glad you tuned in. Catch you later. Have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast, Timeless Wisdom for a Modern Culture. 